You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Hey, everybody. It's episode number 232 for July 21st, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. By the way, this is the Take Him With You podcast. I didn't say that at the beginning. That's on. Usually you do. Are you on? I think so. I hear myself in my earphones. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we have a little different setup, I'm noticing. Oh, huh? uh, yeah. It's a new piece of software that I'm trying out. Yeah, there's our... our um. What do you call it? Record feeds there? Uh-huh. They're red now. They didn't used to be red. Yeah, it's a different interface. Hmm. Do you like it so far? <coughs> I'll tell you when we, when I've used it enough. Okay. What, what is what is it called? Well, Apple came out with a brand new Logic Pro system. Mm-hmm. It's called Logic Pro X. And the what I used to do on my instruments and my recording and everything... Uh, was called Logic Pro, but they came out with a brand new. It's not really an update; it's just kind of an overhaul of the whole thing. Okay. And so uh, I upgraded to that. Is it close enough to the other one that it yes. is pretty easy? It's for pretty you much to the same right thing, in. plus a bunch of enhancements, and then a, a nicer interface. But things are in a little bit different place. Like the play and record buttons are at the top instead of the bottom. And you accidentally muted me, I think. Yeah. At first, when we were trying to get yeah, started. Yeah. I think it was an accident. I'm not going to say. <laughs> so, welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's been a 
A crazy week, but a good week. It's always crazy weeks around here. Yeah. We have a really cool interview today to play. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Our good buddy Troy from the Under the Dome radio podcast, mm-hmm. the co-host with Wayne Henderson. Yeah, we've interviewed Wayne before. Yeah, but we? this time Troy, mm-hmm. we talked to Troy about his recent trip to down to Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. And some of the cool things that he's involved with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get to hear a little bit about his trip. And uh, who he is, and he's a fascinating guy. We we kind of think he's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Um, Catherine and I did something. Are we on what's happening at our house yet? No. Okay. Well, let me know, and I'll stick around. We'll it. be right back with what happened at our house this week. A. Eh? I did that for my Canadian friends. Okay. Now we can talk about. What happened at our house this week? Well, I think a highlight for me is that you bought tickets for Catherine and I to go see the Scotty McCurry concert. Yeah, I did. And it was a blast. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Figures. It was really great. You ended up having to work, and so we invited my mother, who's 83 years old, to go with us. So we had three generations of... um, Moyer Will, my mom's a bale. So anyway, but three generations of our family's women. And we went together, and it was really nice because he actually had something for, I think, each of our generations. He had kind of some modern country, and he had some really old-fashioned country, and he had a little bit of gospel country. Wow. So it was a, a good variety that I think just about any age group for those of you who don't know who Scotty liked. McCreary is, he was the American Idol a couple of years ago. Yeah. Three seasons ago. Was it that long ago now? Yeah. He was only like 16 when he was in the contest. I think he's only like ni- 19 now. The funny part was, though, um, you were sending me video and stuff from the show. Actually, Catherine was. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> the funny part On was is that the ratio between women and men at the concert. Uh-huh. Nine to one. Nine to one. Serious. Ninety percent of the people at the concert were or women. Women. Mm-hmm. He's got a a pretty large fan base of of girls, but wow. but there were a lot of grandmas there too. People mm. my age, kind of in the between, and there were teenagers and there were grandmas. So kind of got a kick out of that young buck. <laughs> he was just a really sweet kid, just kind of a boy next door. Um, just sweet kid. So he did a great job. He, but he he's grown a lot as an entertainer because we, we saw him first on American Idol. And he was just kind of an awkward teenager there. And he's really grown as a musician, as an entertainer. Um, I think that... I think that um, if anyone gets a chance to see him live, it, it was... Of course, we got really good deal we were sitting way up in the balcony (laughs) um the tickets were pretty affordable but if you know if he comes to your country or your state fair your state fair or something i would i'd encourage you to go he's he did a great job (coughs) and then i don't know if i'll get in trouble for saying this but our daughter's been going through a lot of immunizations getting ready to go to africa 
So we had a highlight of the evening going to Scotty McCreary, and then we got home in the middle of the night. Catherine was really ill. (laughs) So that was not fun. She's taking these pills for yellow fever or something? It was actually, she had a shot for yellow fever, and then she was taking typhoid medicine. Um, And so she was just sicker than a dog in the middle of the night. and. And we're just like, I think I got two hours of sleep <laughs> that night, and I had to go to work the next day. And I'm like, oh, it was a pretty crazy couple of days. But you know, but that's I did what order our tickets. I did order our tickets to go to f- see Foreigner. Yeah, I did it. They're in the nosebleed section, but they're not too bad. And I didn't have to use my earplugs for Scotty McCreary, but you I have might a have feeling to for Foreigner. I will have to for Foreigner. <laughs> I think you might be slightly more excited about Foreigner than I am, except no, for... No, because they, they had, they they had, had so many hits. They had a lot hits. of hits. So I will recognize a lot of the songs. When we went to Sticks, there's only about four songs, like the ballads that I really remembered and really, really enjoyed a lot. I'm not... I'm not into just the instrumental rocking out kind of stuff. I like the pretty kind of love songs or ballads. But, you know, that's kind of, I think, not too uncommon with women. Some women like the rocking out stuff. Oh, sure, stereotype all women, would you? Not all women. I know some rocker chicks. I know. There are some rocker chicks. But I think there are quite a few women like I that... I am that like a little bit more on the mellow side. There's guys that like that, too. Yeah. So stop it. Well, you like some of the mellow stop songs. Stop it. But Whatever. you like the rocking out stuff, too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so that'll be fun. That's <coughs> going to be the end of August. We're going to go mu- to Foreigner. That music you heard at the beginning of the show, that was me on my new Logic or Logic Pro X, Pro Logic X, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Logic Pro X, that's what it's mm-hmm. called, which is really Logic Pro 10 mm-hmm. is the name of it. Yeah. It And it was dubstep. Okay. That's what that is. I have no idea what that is. Like Skrillex. I have no idea what that is either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Does that have something to do with rap music or? Uh, uh, yeah. No. Okay. Kind of. I got to finish up the rap song that i did for the client uh-huh and then i scored a video this week that was really fun for another client well the same client mm-hmm. they're doing this uh cartoon series and uh, i did uh, you want to hear the one that made you uh jump oh that one it m- would make more sense watching the video though because there are these cartoon characters that are going to cross this wooden bridge over a canyon and they start walking over the canyon and and then this happens yeah you like jumped out of your gourd i did i jumped really high and then they were stuck in this cavern and the characters have wings mm-hmm. and so they're floating above the, the water and then they have this little conversation. And then they decide to fly out of the cavern together. Which <coughs> I didn't get really, since they had wings, why they fell down into I the I didn't canyon. write the story. I wrote the music for the story. Okay. All right, here, you go. here they go. Ready? And they fly. 
Isn't that nice? And then they get this cool pep talk about how if they only worked together, they would be okay and escape the clutches of evil. Okay. And there was the music that I composed for that. Do you like it? I do. It it probably makes a little bit more sense watching the video with it, but it's still pretty by itself. Oh well, yeah. 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 Then I did a, a cool scene where they get they have hieroglyphics and then there was one where they had to do this music note challenge. And that was cool. Check this out. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. That was just the beginning part. But then they have this like contest, not a contest, but they have this thing that they have to do. It's like a puzzle. And they have to do the scales, different scales of music notes. And so, ready? It's going to kick in. So she reads the little thing. And then she says, I'll do the music notes if you'll help me with the beats. And then it goes. music notes and that's it what do you think very nice yeah oh are we still recording <laughs> what do you mean are we still recording i just it was quiet i'm like we're not talking we have dead air okay one more song that i did in the in the scoring of it you ready okay that cool so far this is kind of the resolution of the of the story where they're sitting in class <coughs> and then all of a sudden i'm gonna kick in with this other guitar ready it's gonna come up in a second right now the teacher's talking there it is This music's funny because when you do background music, you have to make sure that it doesn't have too much of a melody so it doesn't distract the people when they're listening or watching the show. And then when the when they're not talking in the show, then it has to have something in it. Pretty cool. Okay. I I don't really understand that, but that's okay. That's what you do what you do and I don't do what you do. Well there wasn't a screaming electric guitar in that okay. because that was somebody distract. else was talking. Yeah. Yeah, you need things to be a little bit mellow behind so it doesn't take over, right? Sure. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Not Kinda. something screaming out, taking over. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I That's what I worked on and a couple of other projects. And then I'm getting ready. I had a big meeting for the Art Walk, and I'm getting ready to uh, preach two weeks in a row at the Raymond First Baptist Church. And then we have... The oh, Art Walk next weekend. Oh, wow. And my photography thing that I'm doing, and uh, I preach. That is going to be one busy weekend. And the artist reception where I'm doing music for it. By the way, I set up my laptop, my my MacBook Pro, mm -hmm. with software that I just plug this MIDI keyboard into, mm -hmm. and it plays right through my laptop. So I don't have to take anything but the laptop 
and the and will this MIDI keyboard fit on our little portable table? I guess we're gonna. I'm gonna set it up for practice this week. Okay. Wow, all these little details you have to figure out. And yeah. then my oldest brother, <coughs> Randy, who yeah, he's 14 years old. No, yeah, 14 years older than I am. He dropped off today a bunch of chainsaw, chainsaw carving yeah. that um, my youngest brother, who's eight years older than I am. <laughs> Um, David. David. He he makes, and they're just gorgeous. Carvingagainstthegrain.com. Mm-hmm. Check that out. That's his website. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna include that with some of your photography and music at the Art Walk. Yeah. Because he's busy doing something else. That same out weekend. At Westport yeah. or Tokeland or something. Yeah, I think it's Tokeland. Yeah. And for those who don't know where those places are, they're just the west coast of Washington. The west coast. Yes, by the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah. So, lots of things going on, and uh, we are still waiting on the car situation with my daughter. Yes. With Geico waiting for them. We're still waiting for them to even come out and look at the car. Yeah. That was a big thing, because the folks that owned the car claimed it was stolen, so that they didn't have to take responsibility for it. So, but until certain things are reported which we thought we'd already done three times but they're waiting for some other another police report yeah um we can't use our. by the way our daughter was involved in a hit and run yeah and we have we have uninsured motorists but they won't even start the processing of that until all this paperwork's done and yeah so with with the people claiming it was stolen it's been more complicated than if they just would have stayed around and yeah yeah so anyway Fun we'll keep we'll keep you updated but on that she'll be leaving for africa in a couple of weeks and won't need a car while she's over there no she'll be driven around by somebody and walk a lot yes so i'm kind of nervous about her leaving but i guess that's okay yeah off it, she goes into the wild blue yonder on a plane for over 20 hours yeah, it'll be a long day getting there, and then I'm. It's kind of awkward when you come back. I I don't know how she's going to be going through so many time zones. I think it's still the same time zone as your um, London friends, because mm-hmm. it's so it's um, Greenwich time. Is that the right way to say that? No, they're eight hours ahead of us. Okay. So Is Africa eight hours ahead? Well, she's on the west coast of Africa. They they have many time zones, just like the U.S. does. Oh, okay. You know, or North America. It's a big continent, so there's many time zones. But I believe they're still in the same time zone as London. And again, thank you to all those that mm-hmm. helped with uh, with some uh, finances towards that trip. That was really nice of you. And, and we're she's getting, got just yeah, a little bit more, and they're all done. We're getting really close. Um, if anyone's interested, I know a little tiny spider right in front of your microphone. Um, if anyone's interested in still helping, um, the organization, and we can maybe put a link. We might have a link already on the website, but maybe on today's show notes, you can put another one. The organization that she's going over there to help they build schools, and one thing we just heard from the lady that they're, they're going to be staying with is that um, they have kind of run out of funds to finish the building. Uh-oh. So 
they're going to be going over there to finish the building, but there might not be the materials to finish with. Oh, no. So if anyone wants to give directly to that organization to help buy materials that they can work with, um, they've had a group over there right now as we speak um, that have been there for a whole month. And the people that were there have already done what they could do with the finances they've had. So you just go to helpmegettoafrica.com. And click on the what are they going to do while they're there, and there's a link, there's a link to that, that particular organization that's working there with them. Mm -hmm. That they'll be working with. So yeah. um, if we get, and also if, if um, Catherine's team gets in any more money that will cover their basic needs, they'll probably can be contributing a little bit to the building That'd fund too. So um you know, they, they're not going to be, you know, dining on lobster and steak while no, they're there. They're no. going to be, you know, eating simply and traveling simply and putting what they can into the mission project to yeah. help build the school and help with. There's a, um, I got like her a, a feeding got program or orphanage. I got too. Catherine a little camera to take with her, too. So, so we don't need the – we were looking for a used iPod Touch, but uh, – we decided to go ahead and get something smaller. I still think that something like that would be nice so she could email us while she's there. I bet but they have a computer. The there. lady that she's going to be staying with will have a computer that I I guess the Wi-Fi or the Internet is kind of spotty there. Yeah. But she can. Occasionally it works and they can Skype. Yeah. And email. It just kind of comes on and off. It's not very reliable like here in the States. We yeah. don't we don't very often have problems with our internet being no down. very very seldom, but there it's very common. Yeah, <laughs> you never know when you're trying to log on whether it will be there or not. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, so that's going to be quite an experience for Catherine and quite mm -hmm. an experience for me sitting here wondering how she's doing. I don't think I like. That. I'm hoping that they will. I should have said no. Internet as but much as possible. I just should have said email. no. That's all. They won't have any way to call us probably while they're there, but we're hoping that they can email us often. And yeah, it's just too expensive. Honestly, to do I think she's going to do fine. I think so too. Yeah, she's pretty spunky. Yes, I. From the time she was a little girl, I pictured her with a machete in her hand, uh, knocking her way through the jungles to go help some unreached people group. Uh, I just. I've always, she's kind of been. Okay, that's enough. Don't do that to me. You're going to get me all nervous again. <laughs> Anything else go on before we start our interview? Because the interview is, is really good. Um, oh, go ahead. I guess that's I've Catherine calling us call. now. All right, here's the interview we did with Troy Heinrichs. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Take a listen. We'll be back at the end to wrap up things. Hey, everybody. Today we have with us on the Taking With You podcast, none other than the Under the Dome co-host and friend from Gee Whiz, a listener of Taking With You, Troy Heinrichs. Hi, Troy. Hey, Rick. Hey, Amy. How are you today? I'm good. Good. Doing good, pretty much. <laughs> you got us up at the crack of dawn on a Saturday so we could interview you. Well, you know, when you live over here on the far side of the United States That's versus true. your side of the United States. I know. 
got to do what we got to do, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, you know that I do the um, the Battlestar Galactica podcast, um, ragtag fugitive podcast with Chris Clemente down from Florida, right? Absolutely, and it's a fantastic podcast. We may just I say. we love it. We have so much fun. But he is uh, so graciously. He's got a, a whole sack load of kids, you know, at his house. So probably like you. And um, he records really late at really night when late. we do it yeah. uh, because that's the only time it's quiet in this house. <laughs> that's exactly when we do the Under the Dome radio podcast. It's like 10 p.m. Central because yeah. I got to wait for my kids to go down. Yeah. So yeah. it's always nice because we get to do things earlier than everybody else. And But yeah. at the same time, you get to watch shows before we do. Yes, yeah. we actually experimented with the Apple FaceTime concept uh, for Under the Dome one week. How did it work? And- I actually uh, set up the uh, the iPad and FaceTimed Wayne over on the West Coast so he could watch it live. And how did it work? Two okay. hours earlier. Um, I didn't have an audio pipe that was clean enough, so uh. we might try it again more with the MacBook Pro because then I can get a direct feed out of the TV into the line-in of the MacBook Pro. Hey, that's a great idea. Wow. See, now, everybody, as you're listening, you can tell that Troy is a fellow nerd mm-hmm. and geek fellow, guy. Fellow Apple fan. Yeah, I, you are. Yeah, I we have an Apple TV thing, but I don't think we really... Use it to its full potential. We haven't utilized it like we want, like but we need. We to. got one for my my son and his daughter for Chris. His daughter, his wife, <laughs> my, our daughter in law for Christmas, and they use it every single day. As soon as she gets home from work, she puts her iPhone on there and listens to iTunes. That wouldn't be an Apple. She, she, oh, does she, she uses her Apple TV for it. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And then, and then they watch Hulu and Netflix and all that stuff through it, too, because they don't have cable. So yep, they use it every exactly right. single day. Well, I, it's funny because I went from totally a PC man to I hardly, you know, I'm actually using my PC right now to record only because I haven't set it up with my, uh, with my Mac yet to record from Skype. That's the only reason. So I hardly I use it as a storage device. And everything else I have now is Mac orientated: a iPod, an iPad, a Mac Pro, and a MacBook Pro. And the Apple TV. And the Apple TV. I so, have two Apple TVs in the house. Ah, uh, see, that. I need to do that too. I need to put one in the and bedroom. Our iPhones. And now I need to put another one in the studio because you know when the new system comes out, the new operating system, we will be able to put a third monitor on the Big Mac, Big Mac, on it the Mac works. Pros. That will be wirelessly. Yeah, I I went and did it. I I was so excited. Um, I have a third monitor that a, a friend of mine sent me that was came along with the MacBook Pro that I bought, and I decided to use it as the mixer monitor on my professional system. So I already have two monitors on it for everything that I do. So I hooked p- up the third, got the adapter, put it on there, and uh, plugged it in, and all of a sudden the second monitor goes out, and the third monitor comes on, and I went. Oh, what did I do wrong? So I got to digging around in my instructions and all that jazz because you know how crazy that is. And finally, I found in small print on the Apple website, you can't use the third monitor, even though you have a third light, or is it lightning? or Thunderbolt. Or Thunderbolt, lightning. thank you, thank you, thank you. I knew it was had something to do with thunder and lightning. It's very, uh, very frightening either way. It, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Anyway, the um, the if you use the third port... You have to have a USB, uh, two USB adapters that have power and a, an adapter for the actual monitor. It'll cost you two hundred some dollars to get them get the adapters to make the third monitor work. That's not worth it. Well, no, I don't think so. So it's sitting there just with nothing on it. Hmm. You're just not maverick enough. Well, 
I just didn't want to spend the money on it. So I ended up buying the new Logic Pro X, Much which is the same choice. amount of money. Much better choice. Except though, I for so. I think that your third monitor would go really great with one of our old PCs and the CAD software that we have. Oh, no. She says this again. <sighs> well, Troy, the reason we have you on the podcast today. <laughs> is to be a mediator between us. <laughs> That's right. Marriage Counseling 101. That's right. <laughs> How do Troy, you really feel? <laughs> Troy, tell us a little bit about yourself, other than you're, you're like the co-host of the Under the Dome radio uh, podcast with Wayne Henderson. By the way, Wayne rocks. Yes, he does. He and does. I've been listening to Wayne for, gosh, since 2005, six. Wow, that's Lost, cool. Lost longer, out. longer than I have. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've just been fans of his his work and his show. You know, it also helps that we're both uh, co-owners of the most awesome football team ever to be in existence. The I, Green Bay I understand Packers. that you guys have stock in the Green Bay Packers. We do. That's and pretty um, Yeah, I'll just give you the, the short story about Wayne, um, you know, because we do this for fun, right? It's just, you know, over the air, we're old radio hacks that, you know, got, you know, phased out by computers. So we said... Fine, we'll take back the computer and we'll do radio ourselves. That's without the right. Boss man That's telling right. us what to do. Um, so I actually I put on Facebook. I was like, "Okay, Wayne, here's the deal. You're doing the Packers fan podcast. You know, if you can get to Chicago on this specific date at this specific time, when my car rolls to Appleton, there's a ticket for you to go to Bears Packers on Thursday night." Oh my! And I thought it was a joke, right? Because it's like you know, you know, as much as I love Rick and Amy, at the same time. You know, when you meet in real life for the first time, it's a little scary, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't know what this person's really going to be like. They could be a psycho, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, thank heavens for FaceTime and Skype, and you can do the video calls ahead of time so you know what people look like. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be running around the airport thinking everybody was Wayne. I just hold up a 8 by 10 glossy of Starbucks. Oh, there you go. Which, um... The guy... Oh, okay. I was just wanting to just make making sure. sure. See, it's, it is marriage counseling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, now, if I held let him tell the, the story. Starbucks, I'd be in so, trouble. anyways, he was at a wedding, so he didn't respond right away. So I thought the guy thought I was a creep, and then, of course, then he was like, "No, I was at a wedding. I already bought my plane ticket. I'll see you there." Oh so, my gosh! So I actually have met Wayne in real life, and then we, we got to talking and said, "Dude, we got to do this dome thing." And you know, a couple, couple of weeks later, he's like, "Yep, we're doing the dome thing. Let's go." And it's like, "All right, so." Yes, underthedomeradio.com is where we're currently housing the podcast. Cool. And in iTunes. but And on Stitcher. Um, and on Stitcher and on SoundCloud. And yeah. we actually have a YouTube channel. Yeah. We just got it all out there so that we could cover our basis and had some really great interviews. A really great interview with um, Kevin Sizemore. Loved, Very cool. I love that one. It was great. He is such a fantastic Christian all around. That's just cool. Just a yeah. real down-to-earth guy. He, he actually Skyped me initially after we got the Twitter thing going and he's just sitting there in his desk, you know, with a sweater on with a backwards baseball cap. And I'm like, I'm talking to a Hollywood star, That's you know, cool. he's just like, yo, what's up? How you doing? It's That's like, awesome. Now I want to figure out who he was like on prison break because we watched that show. Yeah, exactly. got to go back and it's watch like, and figure okay, out. Okay. Where was he? Yeah. I loved, I I'm hoping that my son, our oldest son, Nathan will listen to that podcast. And that reminds me, I was going to, my dog is licking my feet. <laughs> I would ask. I want him to listen to that. Quit licking my feet. Of being a you know filmmaker in college, um, he talked about the Christian film um, thing that they do, the contest, and yeah, the one sixty eight film festival, which actually happens next month in August. Yeah, and um, Heartfall, with which is uh, he's starring in it, and his son Gunner is starring in it, is cool. actually one of the seven finalists now. Wow been nominated for best actor best supporting actor best film 
So, um, yeah, with Nathan doing his stuff over at your house, you know, yeah. it's something maybe he should look into maybe submitting something for next year. That's year's a great yeah. idea. Well, it sounded like that you have to go there with a blank canvas and then they give you a topic when you get there and yeah, you have a theme for each year and you have like one week or something or 72 hours, some, something like that, that you have to write your script, film it and um, edit it and turn it in within 72 hours or something. It was yep, pretty you get, wild. You get, you get the theme, you can storyboard it out a little bit, but once you start pushing the first filming roll of film, if that's a phrase, um, once you start filming, you have 168 hours okay, to complete that's the what film, completely shot, completely edited, completely mixed and, and turned ready for in. View. So it's, it, I think he said like from Wednesday to Wednesday or whenever you start, you have basically a week. Right. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Intense. <laughs> Intense. No sleeping. Lots of Mountain Dew and, and chips. Well, and if you and want an example of what one of these films looks like, you can actually go to, um, I believe it's, it's either, I think it's uselessmovie.com. I'm actually going to just verify that for you real fast. I believe it is I useless think I remember movie. him saying useless movie something. It was the uh, best film for uh, 2011's festival. And he won Best Actor for it as well, and it is really, really good. That's cool. Well, you are you are so kind to uh, hook us up together, and uh, we're we're seeing if we can get a, an interview with him for taking with you. We thought that'd be fun. Thanks to you. Yeah, it'd Troy. be cool to oh. learn more about about that um, film festival thing. All sorts of stuff. All kinds of what stuff. What it's like yeah. to be a Christian in Hollywood? It can't be easy. No, and I was surprised at how many different Christian outfits there are in Hollywood that they work with so that they can put it together, um, you know, really good quality family, you know, pictures Mm -hmm. with meaning rather than all this, you know, Pacific Rim blow stuff up kind of garbage you see in the summer. Oh, sorry. I was making (laughs) (laughs) that The interview you did, the interview you did with the DJ from the the East Coast, um, was it? Oh, yeah. Shoe the the Brothers. Yep. Wilmington or? Yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina. Willie Wood. It's where my good friend uh, Marco lives. Willie Wood or something. <laughs> they call it Willie Wood. Yeah, yeah. Wilmy, Wilmy, Wilmy Wood. Wilmy for Wilmington, Wood. and then Wilmy Wood. Wood is the yeah, Hollywood part. the Hollywood but part. But Screen Gem Studios is really a great place, and we're all fans of Fringe. Yeah, you know, that's the where they did that. Part. So our good friends uh, Roberto and Alex are going to be writing the new Sleepy Hollow in the fall, and wow. Sleepy Hollow is going to be in Wilmington as well. I hear heads are really going to roll with that one. It is definitely going to be a stitch. Well, my daughter and I enjoyed the Nicholas Sparks movie that was just filmed there, too. Um, that might not be one that you would have seen, but it was really good. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm trying to remember what you're talking about. Um, Oh, it, Safe Haven. Oh, yeah, okay. It was really good. Yeah, I'd right. read the book. The book's always better, but I liked they did the one, a pretty good job. I liked the movie Pizza Haven. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> back on track. Well, we're just still talking about Troy. We were supposed to be yeah, talking about Troy. I, I oh, know. yeah. So, Let's... I'll give you the backstory. So okay. Basically, who, who are you, born Troy? I was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Sweet. Uh, Happy went days. Went from Milwaukee to Minnesota for a couple years for school, and then followed the missus down here to Chicago, uh-huh. and um, basically worked for a computer technology company here, and just had a blast. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is that, um, you yeah, know, I've very rooted in my faith. I've been born and raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. Oh, cool. Uh, went to whatever it was, 12 years, parochial school, grade school and high school. 
So it was a really interesting journey for me because when I got to the point of actually graduating, I wanted to become a director of Christian education. Oh. And Concordia University had a great program. The only problem was was that the program was in Seward, Nebraska or in River Forest outside of Chicago. And we had a great Concordia college in our backyard in Mequon, Wisconsin, just on the north side of Milwaukee. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to Concordia Mequon because I can't do high school twice. Because everybody goes to, to Mequon that goes from, we were at Milwaukee Lutheran. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of burnt out. I'm kind of done. I don't want to do this God thing anymore. I want to go away from home. I want to go see the world. So I moved to Minnesota. And of course, the first church that I finally did happen upon was a Missouri Synod Lutheran church. Of so course. Can't, can't quit you, I guess, is yeah. the phrase I come up with there. Yeah. Um, went through college, actually graduated with a radio degree and a physics minor. Cool. And then actually went to uh, Evie Free uh, Church for a couple of years. And then when we moved down here to Chicago, we were trying to look for a home base. And it was right after 9-11 that we came across this church that had a really rockin' praise band. Really? And Yeah, it was like, okay, this is not Missouri Synod Lutheran because... <laughs> They're you know, rocking the, out. The, the 80-year-old Lutheran women in the front row would just be having a corner area if they heard this music. Right, right. So we actually leave the church, go outside, look at the sign out front as we're driving by. And of course, it says Missouri Synod Lutheran. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, I really can't quit you. That's so now hilarious. We've been in the church for yeah, twelve years now, and oh, uh, I cool. teach um, seventh and eighth grade confirm. I don't actually teach a confirmation class, but I teach Sunday school for seventh and eighth graders on Sunday morning. Right. Um, do a lot with the senior high ministry. We do a lot with the mission trips. We oh, actually have a group cool. right now that just left uh, for New Jersey to do some of the um, tropical storm Sandy cleanup. Wow. Uh, up oh. there, or Hurricane Sandy, depending on how you want to classify it when it hit the land. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's been a really blessed opportunity to be at the church and being part of the seeing all these kids grow up. And and then uh, we had some really interesting things happen with uh, a group that actually is out of Haiti. Wow. And so I was down in Haiti for the last week. And I think we're going to ask you. Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about that a little but bit. Was that yeah. was that Haiti trip organized through your church or was it a, a different organization? Well, for our trip, it was actually through our church. So it's part of our mission fund at the uh, at, at our church here in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are so many organizations that are actually down in Haiti from, uh, we, they call them NGOs down there, non-government organizations, uh-huh. um, to different governments that are helping out, to different mission groups, different churches. Um, and there's just so much that needs to be done in the country. But at the same time, the Haitians are really thankful for the church ministries but not so thankful for the NGOs. So when you give like your $10 to the Red Cross, you know, we think that it's going to do some good. And what we find out when we went down there is that most of the time this funding goes to fund the people and fund all of their equipment that they ship across the seas, you know, and doesn't actually go to the country itself to help the country, which is kind of interesting. That is kind of sad. You know, so if you're given money, I would say give it to your church or give it to a you know church related organization that you know is doing, doing something. The, yeah, they're doing the work down there. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Well, okay, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about your trip in a minute. But um, how did you uh, how did you get to listen to our podcast? I think it was actually through Wayne at some point. He mentioned um, his friend Rick in Washington, and I was like, oh, okay. So I checked it out. Saw Moyer Multimedia was really kind of geeked out, you know, especially from some of the Star Trek parodies that you do. Come on. Right? Being a Star Trek fan, I mean, That's I own everything from Next Generation through Enterprise. Sweet. Um, I don't have the original series yet because I haven't Make I didn't it really so. grow up on it. Yeah. So yeah. I know Miles and 
Scott and some of the guys from the sci-fi diner, like, you know, taxing me with, you have to watch the original series and see if you, you know, I yep. actually did a, a ranking of the 12 Star Trek films. Wow. In my order. Right. Um, but they said, if I watch the original series, I might rank them differently, but that's a different topic for a different day. I agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I heard take them with you for the first time. Um, and I was like, this is really great. You know, there's not many people that are willing to get behind a microphone, come out here and actually share the love of God with, random people um, <laughs> just for the fun of it, which was really interesting because most of the time, like we do at church, you stay with your church community, you're huddled in, right. you, you do what's normal. And, you know, I think this is really great to be able to talk about God and share the word with people that may not know about God just because they happen to find it on iTunes and right. say, hey, this sounds really cool. Well, you know, when we originally started the show, it was, and it still is this, It we just knew there was a selection of people out there that um that just would probably never walk into a church you know for whatever reason and I don't, i'm not here to debate the reasons or anything but uh, and there's probably a lot of people that wanted to know something about spirituality but were maybe afraid to go ask somebody or they didn't want to walk in and get sucked into a a club or an organization or something like that and that's what we found we found we get from all walks of life but especially those people that didn't have any really religious background at all and they they'll plug in and they'll start listening to stuff and learn stuff that they never they they don't feel threatened like we're gonna you know cause them to join the show or whatever you know what I mean. Well, and Christians I think get a they, some of the Christians actually should have a bad rap to them you know because well, they yeah. just don't understand the concept of what it means to be a Christian. Sometimes they say yeah. they're Christian but they don't act Christian. Right. right. You know, and I think that it's really great to have quality conversations about humanity about people. And, you know, instead of focusing on the Old Testament, because, you know, Jesus came and died for us and rose again, mm -hmm. I mean, the New Testament's where it's at. It's all about love. Right. You know, and how do we show love to people and show concern and care and appreciation? And yeah. I just think it's great that you guys do this and that, you know, we're able to do mission trips and help people out. And that's cool. You know, if we can always give back, it's not always it's always about the 10 percent that goes into the plate or, you know, 25 percent, depending on which religion you're a member of. Right. But it's about time and talents and treasure. Well, it's about and life. People... It's it's a lifestyle, you know, and and that's the that's the real kicker is that, uh, you know, I think the reason that some people that are or Christ, Christians get a bad rap is because uh, they're really more of a hobby Christian than they are a lifestyle. Because if you actually live your life like like God would want you to live it, it's a it's a very natural, very organic. I don't know. I'm not being. I don't want to be like new agey or spacey here, but I'm just saying that it's it's more of a how you live than if you follow the rules. Than how that makes you sense. talk. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. How you how you walk more than how you talk. Yeah, and and we've seen that over and over. And you know, the other thing that we um we did right off the bat is, and this was unique and different. And I know a lot of people get mad at us for it, or people that are really rooted in, in their faith and stuff like that, kind of upset with us. But we don't make fun of any other religions. We don't rank on them. We don't, uh, we don't really even bring out the differences. Um, and, and not because we agree with them, because we don't. We have our own faith we, and we, our own beliefs. But yeah. we just decided it doesn't serve any good purpose to be ranking on you know what people believe. Why don't we just share what we believe? And if people want to know about it, they sure can. Exactly. It's and about having the conversation rather right. than, I mean, it's just like, you know, race riots or Martin Luther King or anything mm -hmm. that we did, white versus black or right. different 
you know, North Korea, South Korea, it doesn't matter because we all came from two people originally. Right. And yeah. every single faith, we actually taught world religions uh, with the seventh and eighth graders. And every single world religion all starts with the same five books in the Bible. You know, the Isn't that interesting? The Jewish even. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's all until Abraham couldn't keep it in his pants to before they started, right. you know, breaking off everything. Right. Because that's where the Ishmaelites and then yeah. the Muslims came from. That's the whole thing, yeah. And it's it's fascinating to me. And uh, but what we found is that there people are there, there's a, this this prevalent thing in the in the world today is nobody really knows what the truth is because truth is relevant to people. In other words, they pick and choose what they believe to be the truth, not necessarily what is the truth, but what their truth is. And that is that's kind of a dangerous thing in some aspects. So that's why we have our program is to uh, to talk about what we believe the truth is, and you know, and, and we don't have a corner on everything. But I'm just saying, uh, we just talk about what we believe, what we believe the Bible says, and how we live our faith, and hopefully, in that conversation and in that lifestyle and in that goofiness and and just the reality of life, like a reality TV show, but it's on on a podcast. Hopefully, with that, people will see. God through through us and in the things that we talk about and the things that we say and and our our hope is that people will uh you know explore their faith and and see if there really is a God or not start talking to God <laughs> and yeah and so far we've seen a lot a lot of people be totally um uh opened up to a whole new world that they never ever thought they would ever be opened up to I, before. I think one of my favorite things that happens is when people start a conversation with us and I'm listening but I'm not sure why because I'm an atheist. <laughs> and and then later on they'll be emailing Rick, um, can you pray for me for this or that? And it's like I always say, Well I thought you said you were an atheist. <laughs> I am, but it probably wouldn't hurt. And then later on, well, I'm I'm rethinking this God thing, <laughs> and it's it's like it's cool. It's it, that's why we're here. But it's and always it's, it's always nice to run into folks like you that um, have a background in faith and everything. But at the same time, you get something out of the program. And what what would you say you enjoy the most about taking with you? Um. I, I love to know what's going on in the Meyer house, Moyer household every week. That is obviously. so funny. We still get a kick out of this. That's what everybody says. We would think, oh man, it's the sermons or it's the it's the the meat. You know, when we get in there, and we talk about this or that or these subjects. But inevitably, across the board, people don't want to miss what's happening at the Moyers. What's up with that? I think it's just great though, because when you're a listener, you know, you're not. You know, I'm in Chicago. You're in Washington, but we're friends because I literally know. Everything about Catherine and her yeah. trip to Africa, and I know yeah. everything about Nathan and his film school. And right. I feel like we're our fam, our friends have been families, like we were at a church. Right. Right. You know, but right. we just don't see each other face to face. Right. Right. And someday we will, though. That's going to be the fun, cool part. Exactly. No matter whether we do it here on this earth or in or, the next. That's right. I, you know. Hey, Rick, what's we, up? we got that's cool. we got an email from a listener this last week. And it was so hilarious because our week before had been really stressful with our daughter getting in a car accident and everything. And the morning we were going to podcast, I woke up early because you know how even though it's Saturday, a lot of times you wake up at your normal wake up time. And so I was laying in bed trying to rest and tell myself I can sleep in, but I couldn't. And I was just kind of thinking about how Jesus would handle stress. (laughs) And, and so we weren't that prepared for the podcast. And I go, well, this is what I was thinking at, you know, seven in the morning when I couldn't sleep. And we talked about it and someone messaged us, said, 
that was one of our favorite podcasts. And I'm going, and we're like, what? Oh, oh, the grace of God. <laughs> you talk about how God works in mysterious ways because we just finished at church. Our sermon series was about being stressed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just the timing and when things appear are just, it's, it's magical. Pretty amazing. Sometimes. Pretty yeah. amazing. So Troy, tell us a little bit about this trip that you took. You, you just took your time and your resources, took time off work and you headed down to a foreign country and I got to see some pictures and tell us about the program that you worked with. And, and I know it has something to do with computers. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. Well, there's actually three kind of missions that kind of took place over the time we were there. Um, so the reason why I went initially is because we had a gentleman who was Haitian, uh, came to the States, uh, was friends with my friend um, at our church. And he's like, you know, I really want to start up a computer school down in my hometown of Samoan, which is outside of Lakai, um, one of the bigger cities there in Haiti. And, you know, we actually were figured out a way to help him, you know, attend some classes at Concordia so that he could audit them, not actually get the certificate, um, the graduation thing, but at least he got an education. Sure. Um, and then he, we started up a computer school. So last year, wow. the mission trip went down. Okay, well, hold know. on. Let me stop you for a minute. Sure. Okay. Some of our listeners might, when you, when they hear the word mission trip, they get all upset because they think of, you know, people trying to go and convert people and, you know, ruin their culture and all this different stuff. Would you explain real quickly before you get into the, the, because, the, because this is like, what? A mission trip that has to do with technology? What? Explain in your own words what you feel a mission is. What is a mission trip? A mission trip is just like it sounds in a video game. You have an objective, and you have to complete the mission. So in our case this week, our mission was to make sure people understood how to use Photoshop, how to browse the Internet safely, um, hopefully teach a little bit of English along the way, and then, of course, make sure that some of the children who don't get to experience what we have in the States called Vacation Bible School, um, actually, it's the one thing a year that these kids look so forward to is going to Bible club as they call it down there. Wow. Um, so we put on a successful Bible club VBS, um, for about 400 kids. In okay. The so, so, so this is like, this is like if for those geeks out there, they're listening. Um, this is like an away mission on exactly. Star Trek where you, you, Picard said, this is what we're going to do. Um, his, you know, here are the people that are going to go now go and do it. And then they come back and report on what happened and what they did and who they helped and all that jazz. Okay. That so we've got that established. It's not this weird, weird ooey gooey thing mission trip that that uh, uh, you know you're going down there to beat them over the head with a Bible. No, but then what happens through the course of executing the plan is that you change internally, some way, somehow, because God works through you in a magical way while you're there. So when people think mission trips and oh they're just going to convert people and hand out Bibles, it's actually the reverse. You're doing there just to be a human and help humanity. And at the same time, God is changing you and how you're supposed to experience and how you're supposed to view everything Boy, so that it, when you come home, you might think of things differently. Now, that that is so true. I've never heard somebody put it in those terms before. Uh, that's exactly what it was like when we took busloads of kids down to Mexico. We would take them out into little villages out there. We have it all planned out and everything, of course. But they would go and help. And we always thought on our way down, you know, the kids are like, we're Americans. We're going to go help them, you know, all this just different stuff. And we ended up on the way back across the border seven or eight days later. We came back changed because of the, their, the people that we met there, their compassion, their love for God, their 
the way that they did things. We learned more than they learned from us. And sometimes they helped us more than we helped them. Yeah. And I mean, and you can do the, the surface things, right? Like, you know, these the Haitians are definitely the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. You know, some of them don't eat on a regular basis. <laughs> they don't have access to clean water. So when you come back here, you know, oh, we're going to make sure we eat everything on our plate or only take what we're going to you know, be able to eat. Right. Um, we're going to be thankful that we have the opportunity to eat, even mm-hmm. though it is processed food. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that we have clean water. But I mean, that's just like the surface stuff. Right. You know, we went to this church. So our second full day in Haiti, we went to a church in a town called Charlotte outside of Torbeck, which is outside of Lakai. There's no like street signs or right. anything kind of like right. telling you where you are. It's just a gravel road off the main highway. Right. And, you know, for being a Christian for 35 plus years now, you know, and experiencing what I've experienced, I never experienced until that morning what it meant to be two or more are gathered in my name and that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of race, culture, creed, what have you. Language or. Yeah, because we sat down in this basically in grass. They, They had a couple pews they brought over from the big church in town. But we basically sat, you know, four or five pews, a tree in the middle of the pews holding up a tarp. And this tarp was stitched together and duct taped together. And it was on four strings that were on four rebar poles. Yeah. And there was a concrete stone kind of wall. And that was it. There's no walls. There's no roof. Right. There's no organ. There's no band. There's no choir. There was just people sitting there with their Bibles listening to what pastor had to say. And then people would just get up at random from the crowd, stand in the front and sing like a choir. And it was the most angelic sound that we could ever, ever hear um, from the experience that we had. Cause it was like, I sat there and I, I opened, like when you say Jesus wept, right? I mean, I openly wow. cried wow. at this service because I'd never got it before until that moment that mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we don't we don't worship like this back in the states. If we worship like this back in the states, we would be outside sitting on the corner at the stoplight, right? And people would go, "Huh?" Right? You know, and no, we're we're hidden. We're hidden in our in our churches and closed doors and cathedrals and yeah, yeah. yeah it was just it was moving. That's, that's the really best way I could put it. That's really really cool. So you did so you did a technology thing. You you had a couple of other things that you guys worked on. What was what stood out the most for you that you felt? Uh, was the most rewarding. I mean, VBS is always fun. I mean, it's it is chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my you. goodness. Because we have you have about 150 kids that show up like on time, right? Because there's right. no such thing as time on the island, right? Uh-huh. Um, but 150 kids, and by the time we get to the Bible lesson, because we have these giant loudspeakers, again, a, a completely different way of worship. Right. So it's this concrete building, so everything echoes. Right. There's no shutters or screens. It's just open air windows right. because of the tropics. And they just blare these speakers so loud that even though the church is maybe 100 feet back from the road, anybody walking by is going to be able to hear this. Right. You know, so they're getting God's message out there. So kids just keep coming and coming and coming. And we get in there and we talked about Daniel and the lion's den. We talked about David and Goliath. We talked about the Lord's our shepherd and he protects us and saves us. And, you know, by the time, you know, it was all said and done, you know, we had on average 350 kids each day. You know, coming in there and we're doing crafts with them. And this is the first time some of them even seen a thing called a marker, let alone, you know, color with the marker. And then you can share different colors. I mean, to have that experience with them was just amazing. And one of the kids actually, um, we were at the technology school, um, not to jump around, but just to talk about the kids' experiences, um, we had electricity at the computer school. 
So we had cold water and the kid was just looked like he was going to pass out. So we gave him some water and the expression on his face to say, oh, my gosh, I've never had water like this before. Wow. wow. I mean, can you imagine that that same expression when they're sitting there in the desert for, you know, you know, 40 years and mm-hmm. then, oh, my gosh, I never had bread that tastes this good made out of dew. Right. You know, I mean, it's kind of that kind of you see that and you're like, I, you can't just you, you can't imagine that someone doesn't know what cold water tastes like. Right. You and know, it, cha- kid, it, it changes your perspective, doesn't it? Totally. Absolutely. Speaking of that, how long were you down there? We left uh, really early on a Friday. It takes pretty much all calendar day to get there. Um, you fly from Chicago to Miami, a little bit of a layover, and then you fly Miami to Port-au-Prince, which this is the most interesting part of the trip because you land in Port-au-Prince and it's one 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 runway. Wow. Yeah. So when you get to the end of the runway, you don't taxi off the runway. You do a 180 in an airplane. And then they take off again. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> you do this 180, then they could pull off onto the taxi road, get you out of the gate, and then they take off again. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, 180 in an airplane, that was my... You know, first time doing that, that was an experience. Yeah. But then you get there and airport's pretty normal. You go through customs, immigration, you know, pretty standard stuff, especially if you've been up to Canada. It's kind of the same process. Right. Um, and then you get outside and then you get your first glimpse of what Haiti's really like. And there are just people everywhere that want to help you with your bags. Oh, yeah. And it's just you know, heartbreaking because at the same time, you're like, I really don't need the help with my bags. But, but if they, but if they touch your bag, you got to pay them a dollar. Right. And that dollar might be the only dollar they get for the day. Wow. And then how do you decide who gets the dollar? Because Ugh. you don't need every person helping you with your bags because you only got two bags. Right. You know, and then it just starts to hit you like, oh my gosh, you know, if I give a dollar to this person, I have well, to give a dollar to everybody. That person. Right. Right. And I just don't have that many dollars. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I remember that same feeling with the, the kids that would come up with necklaces and different things like that, trying to sell it to you in the more the touristy areas of uh, Mexico. And it was very difficult because they just wouldn't leave you alone. Right. And you felt bad because, and you know, it's just, it's just a whole different way of living completely different. Okay. So you, one whole day of travel and then. Yep. We arrived in Port-au-Prince and then we got about a four hour car ride to Lakai just because it's, you know, mountain roads, it's two lane road. If you're stuck behind you a cattle truck, roads. stuck behind a cattle truck, right? You know, um, but yeah, we get there, you know, and then basically we're there from Saturday to the following Friday, and then Saturday uh, is when we travel back home. Same thing: get up at five in the morning, four-hour drive back to Port-au-Prince, and do the flights, and hopefully everything clears in Miami so that you can make your flight because it's only a two-hour window right. between the two planes. And then uh, this trip was actually really interesting because we got to experience Tropical Storm Chantel. Oh, interesting. Twice. Wow, twice. Twice. Uh, yeah, once on Wednesday down in Haiti and then once on Saturday back in Miami. It wow. followed yeah. you. <laughs> okay, so you're down there for almost a week. Um, and I, I heard you mention on, I can't remember where it was, maybe it was on on the, uh, on the Facebook or could have been on Under the Dome podcast, or Under the Dome radio podcast, sorry. Um, you said, you mentioned something about your head was still there. Your heart was still there, even though you were here in the States, but, but it was, it was hard for you to, to acclimate back into the life here in the States. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it starts probably with the kids. So one of the three missions we were doing down there, one is the the technology school. Uh, The second one is obviously working with the churches, you know, to make sure the pastors are supported, taken care of as we spread Missouri Synod Lutheranism, you know, throughout Haiti. <laughs> um, so that's the mission that everybody thinks of part. 
Um, but we're helping the churches, not attacking the people. Right. Um, and then the other one we're doing is a place that's called the Children of Israel Orphanage. Um, and you can check them out, Children of Israel Orphanage, I think it's .org. Um, and then uh, on Facebook as well, uh, we call it the CIO um, because the kids there are just amazing because Pastor Israel, he just had this vision where he wanted to have a place where everybody could be considered family, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely the Christian way to do things and eventually build out a school, a church, an infirmary, a place where people can get food, you know, and just build out this great thing. And then 2010 happened and you have to sit there and go, you know, what, what's the test? What's, what's the job I'm going to find in this earthquake God that's, you know, really, you know, you know, just put us all back on this, you know, journey and and Pastor Israel passes away, and then you know what are we gonna do? You know, right. so uh, his son and his his uh, family have really really done a great job. They found uh, property to rent and hopefully eventually purchase, and we've now built three cabins. Um, we're working on getting the cafeteria built, and eventually we hope to own all of the land all the way to the beach, and then wow. build out the church, the school, the infirmary, and and that sort of thing. That's but the gonna kids help there a lot of people. Amazing. Boy, that'll help a whole lot of people. Oh yeah, and and the hardest thing about Haiti is that they're not part of the 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 Hague um, Federation, which you know kind of helps, I guess, standardize for lack of a better term, adoption between countries. Right. Um. So because of that, it's very hard to. We're looking up some numbers. It was something like, you know, if two hundred people get adopted from South Korea, you know, nineteen get adopted from Haiti. Oh no! So it's you not know. like you can put them in your suitcase and take them home with you. Oh, you wish you could. But, I know. Because these know. kids are just so lovely. But at the same time, so we're trying to you know, work with different organizations and try to make sure that we go through the right channels and that right. we can hopefully help find either in Haiti, which would be better, or you know, if we can't find them in Haiti, then you know, find a place for these orphans to end up. But at the same time, you know, we're all family now of the children of Israel. And, you know, these kids are just amazing. And you just you come back here and see your own kids who it was the longest time I've been away from my family uh, for for a single stretch, even with work and stuff. I've never been gone nine days. Right. You know, and you just look at how grateful you are that your kids have a home and that there's someone that cares for them. And you just pray constantly that these kids can you know survive and maintain and keep moving. But yet they're doing it and they love it. And they're, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. And they just keep doing the, the good work and. You know, they succeed. And then we have great friends um, at Firmly Rooted Ministries. Um, they've actually had one of their people down there um, teaching English classes um, for all the kids. Um, and then she teaches at a college um, later on during the year. Um, but, yeah, just the fact that, you know, American would want to be staying there permanently full time is just amazing. Wow. Well, now, OK, um, we can wind up here because I know we probably could have like four programs about all this because oh, yeah. it's so amazing. But but um, f- for you. I'm, now I remember when I the first time I walked into an orphanage in the in a different country, and I remember um, being very emotionally um, impacted by it, but more so when I had to leave. And probably share a little bit about how different it is because you and I are fans of of science, sci-fi and fantasy programs, and you know we we like TV and movies and and entertainment and stuff like that. But tell me the difference between what you experienced for real versus, I mean, cause we are moved. I'm, I'm moved by a good story. 
But this isn't just this. And sometimes I can I can block myself out and say it's just a story. It's just made up. But when you're sitting there in the middle of this, it's not made up. It's real. Oh, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, not even at the orphanage. So, I mean, I look at what we have now and we have Skype and video cameras and computers and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, for all the sci fi that we watch and like, wouldn't it be cool if we had transporters and flying cars? And, you know, we have that today compared to what these kids in Haiti had. Right. And we went to the hospital and this would be the equivalent of like a a government sponsored county hospital, not a private hospital. Uh Uh-huh. And we walked into the pediatric ward and just to see the conditions that the pediatric kids have to sleep in and live in while they get care was just gut wrenching. Really? And uh, there was a preemie that was born um, probably six, eight weeks early. And it's not in a NICU unit. It's not in a protective environment. It's in an open crib that's missing a side rail. Oh my. It's breathing off of an oxygen tank, not even a nice oxygen tank that you'd see, you know, one of the elderly rolling behind them. Right. You know, this looked like something that was filled with helium at one time and then refilled with oxygen. Ugh. And you don't know how clean those tubes are. No. Um, you know, and you're just praying that this thing makes it through the, the night. And right. then mm-hmm. over in the corner is this kid. And the kid is squatted down. So we asked him, you know, hey, could the kid, you know, does he need some diapers or something? We can go buy some diapers for him. And then he stands up and it's a full grown eight year old blind naked boy. And you just sit there and you're like, wow. someone can't get him just something to cover himself up with. Right. You know, he's sitting on this dirty, nasty, sandy paint chip floor with whatever else is blown in or swollen in because there's no screens or anything on the windows. And you're like, geez. You can't even get him a pair of or underwear. Shorts, yeah. And you're like, you know, and he's blind, you know, so that complicates things. So we literally went over to um, what we were calling Woodfield. Woodfield's the big shopping mall here in, in Chicago. Um, so we went over to the Lakai version of Woodfield, you know, and had two stories um, and literally bought, you know, T-shirts and underwear and soap and toothbrushes. And, you know, we could have brought all that stuff with us from the States, but then, you know, spending the money in Haiti obviously helps the helps economy them, down there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at least we were able to help one, one child, you right. know, at least feel human at some point. And, you know, and you just remember that you, you always remember the smell walking <sighs> out of there and going, how can these people even survive to, yeah. to tomorrow? Yeah. And it's got to be through God. God's the one that just puts a hand over them and blesses them and just keeps them protected and, yeah, well, and we can just pray, and that's all we can do. I remember as a as a youth pastor, we figured into a trip uh, many times when we would take a bus down into Mexico and come back out. It was a old older school bus with no air conditioning or anything like that. And, <laughs> Going through the desert, right? It was pretty crazy, <laughs> but we actually on purpose bought tickets to Knott's Berry Farm. After the trip. After the trip. So when we came back across the border, we drove right to Knott's Berry Farm and let the kids loose. And that wasn't just because of entertainment and because we wanted to get them out of our hair. It was it was a social experiment, and you would not believe how effective it was because it, it changed perspective. These kids had such an interesting time when they were with – with the little kids that had nothing and you know at the orphanage and all this different stuff they were they really thought a lot about their advantages and their disadvantages of living in the United States and and we would bring them right into luxuryville you know and they would they would go play for the day and then when we got back on the bus about uh, 7 or 8 o'clock that night and we were going to roll out and go find a place to s- spend the night 
Um, instead of all excited and thrilled and everything, they were all real quiet. And some of them would even weep. And then we would we would sit around and we would talk about what what they were feeling, and inevitably, at least ninety percent of the kids would talk about how grateful they were, and how how they wanted to do something with their life to help others because they realized that we are just so spoiled. We are so uh, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And and you know what? The most of the world lives the way that you experience the kids in Haiti living most of the world that we're just, we're a minority. Yeah. And, and I don't know who coined it as, you know, that's a first world problem. We've been hearing that quite a bit lately or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, they live in the third world. And right. I can tell you that as a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, our first world problem is that we're not even close to God. Like these people are. No, I know. And that's what the, that's what we found too. We found that these folks had a richer, deeper faith because they didn't have all the things to get in the way. And it begs, the one thing that I thought of what, as I was sitting down there was thinking about the creation account and how it all started, right? Mm-hmm. You know, God gave the sun to grow the mango trees, and then God gave the wind to knock these mangoes off the trees. And then God made the seas so that there could be the potential of a bridge being built between the United States and Haiti and any other country that's out there that would, would like help. And, you know, and then, you know, you get through it and you just sit there and go... But the one thing that's really amazing is that on the sixth day, he made us in his image. Mm. You know, how how do we go through life not remembering that and just doing something totally amazing every day and just doing what he would have done for us with everybody else or every other, you know, walk of life on earth. And, you know, if that's the one thing that we could leave you with today, it'd be just, you know, remember that. Remember, you know, the sixth day, you know, you're you are God in a way. You know, and you just have to make sure that you live that to the fullest every single day of your life. What? How are you? What? What was the thing that impacted you the most then from the trip? What have you taken with you? I mean, I'm sure many things, but what would you say the number one thing is? I think it was that. It was that you know, even though we walk in faith and we've lived in faith for as long as we have, you never really understood that you are an example. You know, when they say your body's a temple, you know, it's it's a temple for a reason because you're in his image. And, you know, if you can help one person down there, you should be able to help a heck of a lot more back here because there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done here in the States just to write, you know, just the way we live as a, as a human race, if nothing else. Right. You know, just to be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ Jesus forgave us. Um, Ephesians four thirty two. Um, just amazing, amazing experience. And so glad I got to do it. And so glad that you guys were willing to let me come on and share it with everybody today. Okay. Let's, let's get right down to the nitty gritty. People are listening right now and they're saying, wow, I, I guess I am kind of selfish. I guess I, I would like to help. How, how can somebody who isn't, I mean, maybe they could go on a trip. I don't know. But what would you suggest to someone listening if they wanted to help out some folks maybe in Haiti or, or anywhere for that matter. How do you go about doing that? I mean, the best thing you can do, um, you know, if you need, if you're just starting out small is even if you don't go to church, find a congregation or find some kind of organization like a church that can, um, definitely use some financial assistance to carry on missions and, uh, and things like this. Um, especially for Haiti, you know, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but you know, we would prefer that, you know, not giving it to the NGOs and not doing it to the Red Cross and actually giving it to the organization. So uh, for the two missions that we were involved with, um, you can visit IIT, 
haiti.org. That's the Institute for Information Technology, haiti.org, I-I-T, haiti.org. And you can donate. Um, there's a PayPal link right on the page, and you can learn more about the computer school and what we're doing down there. And then you can go to the uh, Children of Israel uh, Orphanage uh, page there as well and give um, as well through a PayPal organization to Firmly Rooted Ministries. And then that'll help support um, our, our good friend Adrian, who's down there uh, teaching the kids, as well as helping the um, orphanage progress forward to finish the buildings and finish the cafeteria. And this is a really great story, again, how God works in mysterious ways. But um, we were praying at the start of the week, like, wouldn't it be great if there was a 15 passenger van that the orphanage could come pick us up in Port-au-Prince so we wouldn't have to contract out a driver. Right. And by the end of the week, someone had donated a 15 passenger van. Wow. So now of course we have, we need money in order to get the van from the States to Haiti. So yeah, definitely visit the, um, uh, the children of Israel orphanage webpage and be able to, uh, share that, and if you can help support the the fundraising to get the van across the waters, that would be awesome. Well, I, I you know, and what's really interesting is we found that the money that we collected here for for the stuff that we used it for there, you get a lot of bang for your buck. In other words, um, we we were able to do some really amazing stuff for not as much money as most people would think, and so you know somebody might think, well, I only have five or ten bucks I can give. You know, you know what? Don't think that's only that's a big amount of money, and that will help a lot. Because the the fact is, if a whole bunch of yeah, people it's gave a that huge amount, yeah, I mean, it's just depending on what we're able to do, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see what can happen. So don't not give because you think what you have is insignificant because it will help. Well, this this has been great, Troy, and I'm so glad you gave those websites so that people can go and check out some of the stuff that you're working on and doing. And I can't wait. I'm sure you're going to go again, huh? Yeah, I hope that I'm able to go next year. That would be really great if we could. Um, you know, again, you know, it depends on family and where we are next year and everything. But yeah, it was a really great experience. I hope to go back. Uh, maybe some of you would want to come along with us. I know, God, um, so cool. you know your daughter's going to be going to Africa, so right, it'll right. be interesting to hear what her story is when she sure, gets back as well. Sure. Well, you, hopefully you'll keep us informed, and maybe we can have you back on the program. Um, <coughs> I really want to have you come back and talk about a completely different subject too. So we'll, I'll be discussing that with you a little bit later. (laughs) Oh, sure. Anytime. But uh, yeah, very, very cool. And so thank you so much for being on the show. Amy, did you have any other questions for Troy before we, uh, um, not at the moment. I probably will think of some after we're off. (laughs) That's how she does that. And I'm sure in the show notes, we'll have the links to the website. Yes. I'll Um, put that in there. In fact, you just sent them to me. I see those, uh, children of Israel, orphanage.org. And, ITTHaiti.org. I, 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 T. I, I. Information something. Yeah, you told me what it was. Yeah. But that's great. Yes, I'll put that in the show notes. I don't know if anybody ever reads our show notes, but I do put them out there. <laughs> you never know. Um, and everybody has a Facebook page as well. So you yeah, well, that's, like, my, that's my next question is how, if somebody wants to be your friend on Facebook or follow you on Twitter, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can definitely, uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way. It's just at Troy Heinrichs. That's H-E-I-N-R-I-T-Z, like Heinz Ketchup, Ritz Crackers, Nosy in the Middle. Nice. Um, or more importantly, you can definitely catch myself and our friend Wayne. Uh, listen to the Under the Dome radio podcast all summer at underthedomeradio.com. Sweetness. Excellent. Good. And they'll find you on Facebook too, huh? Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for being on the show. We're just thrilled that you're our friend. We always appreciate your feedback, and you're always quick to 
to talk with us on social networking. And uh, of course, now we have iMessage that we share back and forth, which is always fun as well. So it's it's great to have you as a friend, Troy. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do and, and for the shining light that you are out there. It's fantastic. Thanks for you guys and for doing this and just helping spread the good news of Christ. Excellent. Thank you. There you go. What do you think? That was a pretty fun interview. That was great. Troy's yeah. a really cool guy. He's he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Troy, for being on the program. We really, really appreciate it. And their their podcast, um, <coughs> Under the Dome Radio, I listen to it on Stitcher, but it's probably on iTunes also. It's all over the place. You can find them at underthedomeradio.com. Mm-hmm. So, my dear, that's it for this, this program. Yeah, we're done early for a change instead of like. Well, late. they don't know that. How would they I know? know, but you might actually have the podcast in the feed earlier today than. Maybe, maybe not. Depends, I guess. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So this has been fun, and we're looking forward to touching base with everybody again next week. You can uh, visit us on Facebook.com slash Rick.Moyer or Amy.Moyer. Or get a hold of us at our website, um, Rick at TakenWithYou.com or Amy at TakenWithYou.com. That was uh, email. Email. Something like that. But they can always go to TakenWithYou.com to get a hold of us as well. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole ar- archive. Of all the episodes. Yeah. All 232 episodes. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. That, <coughs> that's a lot. A, a while back we missed a week, which is unlike us because we just about, we've only missed maybe one week Come heck or high water. Yeah. We usually always have a podcast out every week. And, that's right. And I thought, you know what? If they miss us. They can almost go back to the archive. We have plenty of programs. We talked about just about everything under the but, sun. But so. we did get um, a email from one of our listeners saying, "Is everything okay? I I was going through withdrawals. I didn't have your yeah your email to, your program to listen to this week. Yeah, well we're here. And we're fine. We were fine that that week. We just had family over and got busy. Yeah. Next week, I'm uh, probably going to share the message I do tomorrow, to, if everything goes well, obviously. <laughs> I'm doing a two-part series on uh, dreams, so it should be very interesting. Mm-hmm. And we need to <coughs> pray that we get over these stuffy uh, noses and sore throats and coughs. <laughs> I've got lots. I can't afford to be sick. So Yeah. So I think when we get off of um, this podcast, I will be drinking more tea and trying to rest up. We have a busy, busy weekend next weekend. So we do. Um, we might have to actually try to record our podcast. No, we got it all somehow. figured out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. Okay. Well, we will see everybody next week. Have a great week. Do you want to pray for everybody? Sure. Thank you, Lord, for each person that's listening. We pray, God, that you would continue just to grab a hold of every one of our hearts, that we might be more like you and help more people around us. And uh, give us grace, Lord, as we go through this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Did you say this has been? This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. That's right.